you have to approach this as if you are a bestseller. So like, what is a bestseller energy for you? It's not about getting that bestseller badge necessarily. It's about bringing a bestseller energy because that is something you can conjure and stir and caffeinate, like you said, right? You can, you can whirl that up within you. And I'm like, oh, that's such a great point. Welcome to Wise Words and Whiskey. I'm your host, Wiley McGraw. Join me with other great guests as we sip good whiskey and talk about all things high performance. So kick back, pour yourself a nice dram and settle in for some low key conversations on high performance living. Let's jump in. For those of you that are hanging out with us today, I want you to meet someone very special. This is Mrs. Melissa Casera. Melissa is a award-winning screenwriter and content creator. Melissa's movies, she's actually created Lifetime Network's first trilogy of movies, among many others as well, and just sold an eight-episode dark comedy series called Addicted to Full Screen. I think if I recall, Melissa also has six other active scripts in production right now. Melissa's advice and work have also been featured in Fast Company, Variety, and Forbes. And Huffington Post has named her one of the nation's top marketing and, and PR strategists in the nation. So Melissa is uh, an unbelievable person. She's, a, I consider, a friend now as well. And uh, I think it's fantastic. But Melissa... That's not the reason why I brought you here on the show. I brought Melissa on the show today because I want her to share with us how we can, quote unquote, caffeinate our lives. <laughs> but before we jump into that, there's a very specific reason why we are doing Wise Words and Whiskey. Today, let's go ahead and, and look at the whiskey that Melissa and I are going to be sharing together. This is the Jameson Cold Brew. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Melissa's not a big drinker, but I appreciate her being willing to do this with us. And while we're at it, let's go ahead and give ourselves a little bit of a pour. And if you're hanging out with us as well, and you're not operating heavy machinery or working or at the gym, why don't you give yourself a pour, whatever it is that you prefer. Uh, hopefully it's whiskey. If not, maybe you'll learn a little bit about what we're doing here together today. Um, but this Jameson cold brew, uh, I chose very specifically for Melissa. Melissa is an unbelievable coffee fanatic. She absolutely loves her coffee, which is the point of the Jameson cold brew. Um, and what I want to do right now is toast to you. Thank you for coming on with Thank me. Thank you. I take a little sip and see how we ex experience this together. And as we say in Gaelic, slancha, which means to your health. Okay. Oh. Take a second, if you will, Melissa, though. Take a smell of that, too. Give you, let your, your, your nose. That smells good. That. Yeah. <laughs> it tastes good, too. <laughs> Tastes good. Mm -hmm. What are you What are you getting personally from? First of all, the smell in itself, outside of just obviously the coffee, that's a given with the whiskey. It smells like a vanilla latte to me. Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. I'm getting. That's what I get too. It's interesting. Of vanilla, <laughs> which may be way off base, but no, honestly, it's, it's very it's very subjective. Whiskey mm -hmm. is very subjective. Drinking spirits is a very subjective experience. We all have our own different palates and nose. And the, the purpose of this, and I want the audience to hear that as well, is not just a considerate coffee and whiskey because that's easy to do when you hear Jameson cold brew. Okay. It's going to taste like whiskey, which a lot of people have a reaction to coffee. Okay. We all know coffee, but reality is if you take the time to appreciate these things where bringing it up to your nose, letting yourself smell or the 
uh, aromas kind of come to you, you'll start to notice the differences in what you're experiencing from the nose first before you take a sip. And I meant to do that with you, but I thought, ah, let's just go ahead and take the sip. <laughs> but what's interesting is once you do that, if you're listening to this, once you take that nosing of the whiskey and then you take a sip, it starts to help trigger those memories of scents that you remember throughout your life. And you start to notice those flavor profiles, which you're right. It's a heavy vanilla backed smooth whiskey mm -hmm. that has those coffee notes and it has a little bit of oak that surrounds both of those flavor profiles. And it's very smooth and almost it's a short lived on, on the palate. It doesn't last long. So you don't get a heavy whiskey hit. Do you notice that as well? Agree. Because like you said, I don't drink much anymore and um, definitely don't drink whiskey, but I have to say this is quite delicious and I'm not just saying that it's very smooth. Um, I want to add some to my coffee later. <laughs> we'll see. I, I mean, and, and for those of the people that are hanging out with us that uh, again, I wanted to make sure that uh, there was so much to talk about you in your bio. Okay. I mean, being a publicity strategist and an award-winning screenwriter, you, you write movies for lifetime. You've got this unbelievable series addicted that you just sold to full screen. Like I mentioned a moment ago, I want to make sure I emphasize that. Uh, but on top of that, you're just an unbelievable uh, creative mind who, who, who fuses the screenwriting uh, techniques that you have into this modern marketing strategies, you create what is considered binge worthy content uh, and business plans. Like you, if you're creating obsessed like clients and, and, and customers for people you support. Um, and I thought it was interesting because the audience is hanging out with us and learning about these dynamics of who you are, but through the whiskey and the coffee exposure to it as well. I wanted them to know what it's like from your perspective when you drink something that's not just straight coffee and how that, that experience was for you. Because if they're out in the audience listening and they want to learn about it rather than just getting turned off by the idea of it, now they can get a better general sense of what the experience is all about. So we're drinking this neat, which mm -hmm. means straight out of the bottle, no infusion of water or ice together. So you get the full bodied experience. Um, but with that said, it, now that I've got everybody's attention, if you are listening to this right now, I'm also going to be doing... Uh, a, a whiskey giveaway. I'm giving away a premium bottle of whiskey with a heavy bottom rocks glass set every single month for the year of 2023 to just celebrate the podcast, but also really help share more in these whiskey experiences. So if you're listening, you want to get in on this, I'm going to make sure that I provide you those details later on in the conversation with Melissa and I. So make sure you stay tuned so you can get that link. Um, but with that said, um, I think it's very fitting that we are using this for this like high energy, very smooth, uh, um, unbelievable mixture of whiskey and coffee for the type of person you are with your creative mind. And I want to jump in with you and go back to what we, we discussed a moment ago, which is why I brought you on here. And that is from a creative mind standpoint, a screenwriter, uh, publicity strategist, how can we actually quote unquote, start caffeinating our lives, both personally and professionally? That's a big deal. Yeah. So I think the biggest thing is not separating all of the parts of who you are. So often what happens, um, we have this professional life and then this personal life, right? And we often keep our passions and what I might call obsessions out of the workspace. And we just show up and kind of go all in when it comes to whatever we are good at. And that's actually a mistake because number one, um, it creates this 
this hard line, this delineation between like two parts of you. And then it makes you actually look like a very one dimensional character. So right. one thing that um, when you're a, a fiction writer that you have to be very careful of is making sure that you give your characters dimensions or they're flat, right? Or they're bored. And sure. anytime you've checked out of a novel or a show or a movie like that is one of the reasons that that has probably happened. But yet, we often do it to ourselves all the time in the professional space. We make ourselves look like this one-dimensional character who is good at this one thing versus bringing in other parts of ourselves, which actually makes us more interesting and compelling for an audience. You just made a good point, is we have to recognize that we are approaching life from a very one-dimensional space. It's right, we get hyper-focused on business success and creativity. And we have these dull, meaningless, almost boring connections with people, even in our personal and professional lives. And I thought, how fitting to bring someone I know in who's a professional screenwriter who writes these unbelievable movies. I mean, for Lifetime Network, I mean, you do a lot for them. And how do we get her perspective so that it's not just on paper, but it's something we can apply to ourselves on a daily basis, both personally and professionally? How do we start stimulating those those inner like excitements because for you coffee is just a, an element that helps support your own three three dimensional four dimensional whatever dy dynamic nature of creativity so that these stories you put on paper actually come to life and people feel them they lean into them let's translate that even further into our lives so what are the thoughts around that because this is a big deal for people to listen to and and consider how they are in fact living through their relationships how they're creating what they expect to be these dynamics, their characters, if you will. Mm -hmm. So I'm a big proponent of leaning into your obsessions, you know, mm. indulging them more rather than less. And um, I'll tell a quick story. <laughs> and Please. it's not it's not a solo story. It happens all the time. Um, and certainly yeah, I've do. been guilty of it in the past as well. But um, I had a conversation recently with someone who is in the business sphere and um, she was expressing that she wanted more time away from her professional work to like indulge in some of, some of her passions. And one of those passions was she wanted to start writing fiction. So of course I'm all over that. So, yep. so I'm right in there. I'm like, if you want to have lunch, if you, you know, want to have a conversation, like I'm there, I, I've been in that space of trying to get up the courage to start writing in uh, the fiction space. And so I love helping other people with that. And so she said to me, oh, thank you so much for, for your offer, but I really can't indulge any of that. I really can't. She actually said, I really can't have any fun mm. until I have my business the way I want it. And, and the first thing that came to me was, well, your business is never going to be the way you want it until you have fun. <laughs> so, so you have to actually bring those things in. Um, like I said, into your business in order to become that multidimensional person and to, to attract people and stand out from the competition, etc. But also, if you don't bring in your passions and obsessions to your work, then you're going to burn out real quick. So if all you're doing is focused on, I have to build this business to X, or I have to get X number of clients, and you're not allowing joy into your sphere. Right. 
what kind of life is that? I mean, what are we doing this for? <laughs> Why are we here? And You're 100% so, right. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so it's really interesting because I tell that one story because it was recent, but that comes up all the time is that people feel they have to reach some like arbitrary level of fame or achievement or whatever in order to then allow themselves to relax and have fun. Right. Right. You know, and I, I love that you brought that point up and that's why I pushed a little bit into that because I knew you had it to, to share and I'm glad that story was here for us. It's the same thing with even the people that I work with. I've worked with so many different types of public figures and athletes and just different high achieving individuals who have, who have made the successes from the monetary standpoint and the notoriety. And they've believed throughout that process that as long as they stay hyper-focused on this one thing, they can turn around and quote, buy their way out of that, that dissatisfaction they feel on, on other areas of their lives, the pain that they're in, the suffering that they're going through. And you're, that's a great point is you can't find the internal combustion, the energy of excitement and joy and happiness anywhere in your life. But then you think you're going to somehow create something that is going to, from an outside perspective, fulfill that need that void or hole, you're always going to be chasing this one dimensional version of yourself. And you're going to experience the dullness of those dynamics and relationships. And your creativity is not going to be as high as it could be like you, you have such a, an enthusiastic energy. Every time we've had conversations, we've done stuff together. We've, we just wrap back and forth. You're always just it's almost addictive anyway. And I'll use that word, you know, not, not to say anything <laughs> around the, the coffee aspect of it, but you have this addictive energy that you don't need external stimulus to, to, to unleash. You have it because that's what you are so obsessed with what you are all about and how you're creating my works. Then you add these really amazing elements to continue to help support the caffeination of your creativity, which is why you're successful and enjoying your success what, with what you're doing, why you have these six. I mean, you're a popular girl right now. I, I got to tell you, my dear, six more scripts in the works right now. You've, <laughs> you've written so many movies already for Lifetime's network. You have uh, internet movie database, I think, has your shows as well. I mean, there's so many things that you have been doing and you still have time every single day to enjoy your relationship with your husband. You have excitement and energy in your life. You, you move to a place you wanted to be. It doesn't fade out or become dull. And it's not like you need to reach for things to, to return that back on. That's why I'm glad people are listening going, I need to learn and, and, and figure out what, what ignites me, what caffeinates me from the inside first, and then build something around that. That's a big deal. Yes. And that's not yeah. easy for people either, because I, no. I'm sure you get this with your clients because they're very high achieving people. And I get the same thing um, from clients or colleagues or friends. It's like the, the best kept secret in the entertainment industry that everyone hates their job. <laughs> and everyone's <laughs> miserable. Um <laughs> But, you know, yeah. is very successful on paper and, and makes right. a ton of money, et cetera. And, and so they have like all of these outward like pieces of success. But internally, um, I can't tell you how many conversations I have per week where somebody's like, oh, I just want to renovate houses or I just like it's whatever it is, whatever their obsession is. Right. Um, and it's so it's really interesting. But then there are people, like I said, in that high achieving camp that we both work with who don't even know what fun is for them anymore. So if you if you tell them 
experience more fun and joy and adventure, whatever in your life, they go, "Mm, I don't know what that is. Or they'll say, well, my work is fun. (laughs) That's another one. Right. Right. And so that's really interesting too, is like mining in that area and trying to unlock or get back to maybe something they used to enjoy and have let that slide away, or maybe it's unlocking something new. I'm going to throw in here too, and you let's go. Tell me what you think about this because what came up for me as you're you're sharing that is this this is uh I it's not the only thing, but I think it's a big part of the addictive nature of people in society today is because they are not in alignment with what they're truly passionate about. They feel like they are obligated to sacrifice joy and happiness for the sake of what we deem as success. And I, I argue these points all the time where six, the, the dying metric of notoriety money, that, that, that's going out. We need to look at how well are we living our lives? How well, how beautiful are our relationships, our health? Is it improved? Is our focus and our mental state in a place of balance? Because we're going to have stress. We're going to have normal uh, frustrations and anger. We're going to experience momentary depression as things change in our life. But to your point, and I'd love to know if you agree even further on this, is I'm seeing that people reach for alcohol, right? Whiskeys and different tequilas, coffee, um, escapism through entertainment. Um, We've got all these different industries that are built around people's disconnection to their obsessions of life, what they really, really want to create. Because in the entertainment industry, you're right. I've had people that I've been around in Hollywood. uh, I've heard that at like private events and different types of dinners. I mean, I was at a dinner once in West Beverly Hills or was it? Yeah, it was Beverly Hills and sushi place. And I heard them talking, and so this people around the table heard him talking exactly about that. They said, "I'd rather be doing this right now, but I can't say that <laughs> yes. loud because text." Every coffee meeting di- and dinner in LA has that exact conversation. Exactly. <laughs> and then you can see it when they come back to the table. It's a they put on a front, a one dimensional front Correct. to look like they enjoy the ability to make you know a nice high six figure, maybe seven figure salary. What they're doing. Mm-hmm. But they're really, at the end of the day, they're leaning towards the external stimulations to try to get them through life rather than tapping into those internal stimulations that help them build the life they want. And that's, I think, the disconnects happening or why it creates, going back to my point, more addictive behaviors. Mm -hmm. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting conversation because um, I definitely agree with that. And then on the other hand, I think it's kind of up to the individual to discern what's an addictive behavior and what's not, right? Because I'm also not in the camp of um, the kind of all or nothing mindset where, you know, there there are folks, and again, this is no judgment. This is like, everyone's going to try different things and find what works for them. And I think that's the most important thing. But I also see a lot out there where it's like, turn off social media, delete all of it. You shouldn't have any, it's a distraction, it's addiction and that's it. And that's just not true in my opinion for everybody. Um, Or folks that say, don't ever watch TV, don't ever do this. It's it's an addiction and a distraction. That's not true for everyone, you know? And so I think it, it's, or whiskey, right? I mean, there are people who can enjoy like yourself, enjoy whiskey and savor whiskey, but not indulge in it or, or make it turn into an addiction, right? Sure. Um, and then there are right. folks who struggle with that. And so I, yeah, I think that's like a complex topic because it's that discernment that really matters. And that's a difficult discernment, I think, right? It, it means getting really honest with yourself. It may mean having someone else in your life 
like somebody like you or like a therapist or who, you know, whoever they choose to bring in um, to help them <laughs> view, yeah. view that. Yeah. And, uh, and so, yeah, it's, that's kind of my thought on it is I just feel like it's such an individualistic thing as to what, which, yeah, which is why I brought it up because I knew you had a thought on that and you're, you, the key, I would say these are, if you're listening, the wise words that Melissa has is learning how to discern discernment is a very weak skill. People don't have the ability to really discern right now. There's so much opinion and not much information. People are not as informed. They're more opinionated, but there's not enough out there that teaches people how to discern the differences between <laughs> many different facets of being a human being. It is a complex topic. I brought it up on purpose because I, you and I have experienced it with even the clients that I've worked with. You're right. Is they have never been put in a position to truly face the truth of maybe I want to be flipping houses right now rather than dealing with this executive BS that I got to go through. That's right. Mm -hmm. But nobody's ever given them a place to really look at. And then what the, what we do is, and it it's a similar thing in the philosophy of the military. You know, the only time you should be sucking anything up is when you're in a combat zone or in, in the middle of a gunfight. When you have when you're in, back in life and you don't have these types of threats going on, the suck it up attitude is akin to swallowing poison on a daily basis, hoping it won't kill us. There's a difference between embracing the suck of when it comes to building a business or doing a job that you feel very drawn towards. And then when you look at what am I swallowing and overriding or overlooking, what truth am I not willing to look at for myself? And why am I reaching for things that maybe necessarily, if I discern it, maybe I shouldn't be drinking so much this way. Maybe I'm trying to hide something. Maybe if I'm drinking 15 cups of coffee a day rather than four. I mean, it's all that balance and discernment. It's not, I'm not even going to say uh, moderation because people misuse all of that as well. Correct. You're right. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a spectrum. Mm -hmm. But the key thing to learn how to get on the spectrum is discernment. Correct. It's discernment. <laughs> you can... If you're a creative person, I know many creative people. I know creative musicians uh, from the country music places that I used to go hang out in. And I mean, all these different stars. Some of them would use cannabis as part of their creative songwriting process on Music Row. They were high-functioning people, but they never abused it. That's absolutely it right. Mm -hmm. Let me Some people thrive with it. You know, it, right. again, it's like that's it, another reason it is so tricky Um I sometimes struggle with like advice around that kind of thing or reading advice around those kinds of things because, you know, the advice is like so individualistic that it, it like it can't apply to everyone. And so some people thrive with certain substances and or like psychedelics, right, is another big thing I see. And some don't. <laughs> some, right. some don't. And so it is tapping into that discernment. And that's difficult because we're not taught that. I mean, you know that. It's like we're not raised no. if we go through, you know, the traditional school system or whatever, right? We're not raised. And of course, who we're raised by and what region we're raised in or what culture we're raised in, all of those things come into play. But right. often we are not taught discernment. <laughs> that's for sure. So it's a skill nope. we have to acquire as an adult. And probably unlearn patterns <laughs> from the past. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And it goes back to what we talked about in the beginning of the conversation, which was on paper, everything is one dimensional. And then people take that and they, the application of it into the real world, they stay stuck there in the one dimensional approach to, it's like a linear movement through life. I'm going to go to school, get a job, 
get buy a house, get insurance. I heard that growing up is like, you need to get a job, have, have insurance, protect yourself. And then you need to buy a house, settle down and get married and just be a man. And it's like that, that is not who I am and what I want. But at the end of the day, we don't get taught how to really become more dynamic. And this is why I brought you on to have that conversation around how do we take your abilities to create from paper mm-hmm. and writing down to, to, to stimulate stories and how can we caffeinate our lives? How can we really get our lives to start being inspired and unleashed and open from your perspectives and background and views? Because people have not been able to, uh, to sit down and I don't think people script out what they actually want. They just follow someone else's well, ideas. Yeah. I mean, you bring they, up, that's a good point. And I'll, I'll expand yeah. on that a little bit because Please. I, I will admit that I didn't really expand what I thought was possible for myself until I moved out West. And that doesn't mean I used, I'm from the East coast. That doesn't mean that everybody from the East coast (laughs) has no expansive mindset. I don't mean that at all. Of course they do. Um, but I felt that my circumstances at the time in my life and the people I was surrounded by had a certain vision of how you were supposed to do things. Now you could choose to ignore that vision, right? I mean, we all have the ability to do that. I just didn't. I mean, I, I didn't even think of that as a possibility necessarily. So my husband and I were very clear though, that we wanted to experience, like we, we wanted to live other places. We just, we were untethered. We don't have children. Not that that tethers you necessarily, but we, but it was like, we were free to go wherever, right? There wasn't any decision-making for other parts of our family. And so we, we just upped and moved. I mean, there wasn't really a plan. It was just like, well, let's move. And if we hate it, we leave in a year. What, what's the big deal? What do we really have to lose? Um, and that was like a really interesting perspective, I think, for people that were around us in our lives at the time, because they had a different perspective on life, right? They wanted to stay where they grew up. They wanted to get married and have the kids and work the same job and work their way up in the job. And I have no problem with that. I think if that makes you happy and fulfilled, you go for that. But that just wasn't what we wanted. Um, And so it was really, really interesting to like leave and then see, I mean, I didn't even start writing fiction until I was 36 years old. So I came into this much later in my life. This wasn't something I, I even thought not even did I not think it was possible. I didn't even think of it at all, (laughs) at at all when I was younger. So, so it's, it's really interesting when you kind of surround yourself by, by different people or even travel, right? It doesn't have to necessarily mean moving. It could just be like travel or who you choose to surround yourself with. And then also how you choose to live your life within that, right? Because it's also okay, which I had to learn this later in life, to have people in your life that disagree with you, right? Who want to live a different type of life or, you know, don't have like the same life circumstances that you do. That's all okay, right? And and you can say, well, I prefer to live this way and you prefer to live that way. And then we can still be harmonious and be friends. And that's, right? And so that's just some things that, I see, I see within myself or saw within myself. And I see it within a lot of my friends who are coming into a realization that their friend group doesn't necessarily support where they want to go in life or like, you know, they're, they're feeling a lot of pushback or a lot of tension because they want to make different choices. 
And, um, and so I think that just becomes something that blows up a bit bigger as you get older. (laughs) Absolutely. First and foremost, that great points. Those to me are wise thoughts that you've had and they're words you've lived by because you you made a, you made something significant. I'm going to land right now for people that are listening is if you want that more simplistic approach to life, there's nothing wrong with that. What we're talking about here, when I share constantly, even with the people that I've worked with or over the years I've had conversations with, is if that's what you want, we're going back to the caffeination aspect of how do you stimulate joy and happiness within that choice. People are missing that. And there's a re- the reason why is because they, they want that, but they are still fractured or not discerning the difference between their successes and what that looks like for them to live that life to them, that's success. But then they see the outside world that's stimulating them. And it makes people as humans, we all go, well, what would it be like if I did have a little more here or if I did move here? And that then breaks people's ability to enjoy the choices that they make when they say they want something. When I hear someone say, well, I really want that. And then I put them in a position or I challenge them or I fight them mm-hmm. through what's really going on. That's not letting that thing they say they want come to the surface. When reality, what we always un- unpack together is a lot of the times the things that they say they want is not actually what they really want. Right. And when you get clear on that and we mm-hmm. stimulate from within what is really going on inside you, that extra $10 million is not really what you want. There's something that that represents that is not yes. being looked at. So, but it's other people like you. You're like, I don't, I don't need to script out where I'm going to go. I'm going to make a decision to jump. I'm going to put myself and move energy into a different environment. Mm-hmm. People don't consider, it may sound esoteric, but at the end of the day, we're more than just a thinking bag of skin and bones and like elect- electrons going off and having these neurotransmitters. There's an energetic component of us when we move. And even if it's travel, like you said, you don't have to move. Travel, you're moving energy. You're shifting environments. You're getting to a new experience where that might stimulate or caffeinate you to create something different for yourself. But until you are willing to make the decision to jump and get into those environments or move or, or go get a house and have a family and be happy there, you'll never know what your life story should look like. And that's what you're saying is like, I didn't know what my story was gonna look like. I just went and created it. I had it inside me to do it regardless of what it, what it looked like. And then I built from there. Mm -hmm. And then around that like energetic point, this came up for me the other day. Um, with my good friend, Susan Hyatt, who's also just an incredible person as well. Uh, she is the perfect friend to call you out on things. And I think we all need those people in our lives. Right. And, um, it was interesting because she was, is very aware of everything going on with my book right now. And, um, And she called me out because she's like, I don't see you basically doing anything to promote it. And so it's interesting because for me, I'm like, I feel like I'm doing so much. And it was a good (laughs) reminder. Um, And then she's like, okay, but what's your belief around it? Like, like, what are you going to be? How many are you going to sell? And I'm like, I don't know, maybe 10 friends will read it. And And then she's like, no, that is not like bestseller energy. And, and then she's like, you have to approach this as if you are a bestseller. So like, what is a bestseller energy for you? It's not about getting that bestseller badge necessarily. It's about bringing a bestseller energy because that is something you can conjure and stir and caffeinate, like you said, right? You can, you can whirl that up within yes. you. And I'm like, oh, that's yes. such a great point. 
And then when she called me out, she's like, well, why are you doing that? Like, why are you not treating yourself? Or why are you not conjuring that energy? And I said, well, I think it's old programming of like, you know, the whole don't get too big for your britches, right? Or um, stay humble. You know, those are like, that is very much like the verbalization that was happening, at least where, where I grew up. I'm not, I'm not putting that against any one person, but just, it was like a conversation that was consistent. It's a, it's a very limiting mindset. Yes. Right. And particularly for women, it was consistent, right? It was like, we are always taught to like, just, just calm down. Don't get too emotional. Like Huda can't tell you how many times I hear that. I love how men are saying that. It's really rich. (laughs) Yeah. Now it drives me crazy. Um, and I'll call it out immediately, but you know, there was a time in my life when certainly I heard that all the time, you're too excitable, you're too emotional, you're too this. Uh And, um, and I think that still as much as as much inner work as I do, it still can be there and like simmer in, particularly around larger things that I might be going after. And then I need those people in my life, you know, whether it's a friend, whether it's a coach, whether whoever you have that says, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> what is that? And then just shuts that down, helps you shut that down. Right. And you know, that's a big deal because people are afraid on people are afraid of their own truth. Mm-hmm. And despite how much we talk about it constantly in the world today, people are spending tens of billions of dollars on personal development every year because they want that proverbial feeling of being outside their comfort zone. They want to know what challenge looks like. That's why we are enthralled now, especially more nowadays with the military, the special operations community. If you are in combat, You've seen combat like I have and other people that I've been around. They want it, they, they're enthralled by it because they, they're vicariously wanting to know what it feels like to be stimulated by that type of challenge. What am I capable of when I'm really pushed? But then when you push them, ah, those old programs, those old mindsets, that old limitation, the way in which you are combating the two versions of yourself, like you said, be humble. Why can't you be humble and wildly successful? Why can't you be humble and be energetic and outgoing and demanding things for your betterment? Why can't you be both? Why are we always looking at it from a very black and white So black and white. <laughs> and then we, we, we solidify it in our heads as truth. Mm-hmm. And then when you bring any kind of philosophies or, or concepts that challenge it, the first reaction we always have is that skeptical, cynical denialism. And then people are, are rigid and become very grounded in this idea that that's not how life works. So we have these camps that fight each other and then on and on and on we go. And it takes your ability to break away from that from a very deep place to go, you know what, I can be aligned from all facets of myself, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, energy. I don't have to listen to what someone else may have been projecting to me that they had their experience in life and that's how it showed up for them doesn't necessarily mean that's what's going to be my life. Mm-hmm. And that that best-selling book energy is knowing you are a creative powerhouse. You have been an energetic woman your entire life. Nobody should tell you that's wrong. Mm-hmm. That is actually should be harnessed and used for good. And you have been channeling it into your work and you you deserve to have thousands and thousands of people, if not more, read your books because of your creative side and your ability to, to, and you love what you, you're, you're obsessed with it. I want people that are listening to pay attention to that. I have small business owners, uh, executives, entrepreneurs, maybe some athletes that are in the audience as we've been learning and they want to know how do I take myself to the next level? Melissa just said it. I'm going to say it is it's time to face 
those very uncomfortable truths of those limiting thoughts or values you may, may have grown up with or have believed to be true. Even some of the influencers and philosophers of our time are out there, unfortunately, still limiting people as well, telling people that it's this way or that way. It's very black and white when life is really gray. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. <laughs> It is. I like to it, live in the gray. <laughs> We're all gray, really. Yeah. It's it's just very interesting, though. Even in um, this is sort of a side note, but it came up for me today. There's this trope in mainly in I would say like romance writing that says a character is morally gray, and that always makes me laugh because most of the time the execution of that character is just a multi-dimensional character and not at all like morally gray. They're just gray, you know. <laughs> and, and it's very fascinating that we have to like give it this name to like make it okay. Um, And like, that's, that's a huge thing in our entertainment, which talk about like taking in massive black and white messages. Um, That's one of the most challenging things I think as a writer is trying to get past multiple layers of executives um, with a project that has very um, multifaceted characters and have them not shut down your project saying it's not believable or unlikable. So I have the one project you brought up earlier was an eight episode series that I sold called Addicted. Addicted. That's actually about a woman, a female sex addict. And funny enough, that project, I mean, that project got me my career, basically. But it was really polarizing. Because there were lots of places that I took it that were like, yes, we love this. And then there were lots of places that we took it that said, this is the worst thing I've ever read. And this character is so unlikable. And it was like, really interesting. Like there was no middle ground. I had nobody say, oh, this is really well written, but not for us. That didn't exist. It was either we love it and are obsessed, or we absolutely hate it and never want to read another thing from this writer. So it was really, really interesting how when you create a multi-dimensional character who has this addiction that's much less known and and also well very well less known for women. I don't know if that's ever been depicted um, on screen. You know, for a woman going through that addiction, and it's very messy and very dark and very hard to watch. And like that was really interesting to see that uh, or hear that feedback. Yeah, I can imagine. Wow, I'm gonna have to check that out because it's. Um, it's <laughs> well, it hasn't been made yet. <laughs> I, I, I know that. I'm just saying that it's yeah. gonna be great to check it out because. Uh, I like following very dark storylines because there's so much drama. There's so many things you could pull out of that. But I wanted to go back to even what the point of you sharing this is that um, people get really wrapped up in this ideal uh, way in which we're supposed to behave and act in society. Now, there are there are in fact limitations so we can have a healthy, balanced society, but we don't we, we're not experiencing that right now. Everybody is completely on one side or the other. It's that it is a hyper polarized not normally polar. You should have polarity in conversations. You should have polarity in work and things that you do. I mean, I'm very polarizing in the work that I do. I very much stimulate so much within different types of prominent, powerful people. They have these reactions to it. And it's good because that's when you can start getting to the core of where the gray really exists and having dynamic relationships and creating success from a different perspective with you. You're talking about it for people is 
is challenging what is deemed to be, you know, we have this good versus evil mindset right now, especially in society. And that's it. It's like, you're either morally this way or you're amorally that way. And I feel like that energy limits people's creative power and their potential to really know where are the boundaries that I can even push. And you need resources or people in your life, stories that you read, movies that you watch, all of these things, folks, truly, that allow that containment to happen that challenges your thinking, challenges your feelings, challenges what you believe should or shouldn't be on the screen from a, a man or a woman addict to this version of that person or how they, the stories that you've written about, uh, you know, different family dysfunctions. <laughs> We've had that conversation with movies and there are necessary components to show people, okay, here's where I can, I can actually push boundaries to know more about myself. People aren't giving that opportunity. We're, we're doing it incorrectly and we're not really finding the truth about what we're actually capable of facing when we're pushed into those limits because we're being almost coddled in this black and white world. And that's where people are getting stuck. And then they're reaching for things to try to stimulate their desire to go out on the edge and go, holy crap, that's crazy. That person might not like what I just said, but I know that that's going to be a good thing for not only that person, but myself as well. And we're going to get somewhere. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's interesting being a writer because I think we're a bit conditioned to seek that different perspectives out because we have to write different characters. Right. right. So, um, and I write thrillers. So, so yes. and also it's very important that you don't hate your characters. So I always have to write villains, right? I mean, that's, that is my job, but I can't dislike my villain. So I have to, or it's going to be flat. It's going to be like a mustache twirling, ridiculous, you know, caricature. Well, people will feel it. Yeah, they're going to sense people it will be because bored. it's actually through yeah, Right. It, it'll just come off like disingenuous. So you, you have to give your villain characters, you know, real motivations, believable motivations. And in order to do that, you have to like get in their head and understand. And so... Um, I always feel like my villains are likable because I, I give them, you know, it's like, I don't, sure. Is there pure, pure evil out there? Yeah. But like, for the most part, it's mostly just all gray stuff happening, <laughs> all gray area. And so, um, and what kind of leads people to maybe make these decisions that aren't so great. And so it's really interesting, like digging into the psyche. So, um, I'm a, I'm just a big proponent of like reading lots of psychology, like lots of different, you know, understanding yourself better is is great. And then also like Reddit is my favorite thing in the world. <laughs> because people I know that sounds right. wild, but because people are honest on Reddit, because everything is, um, you know, just like a fake username, basically, you just make up whatever username you want. Some people, I guess, right. use their real name, but very few. So you can go into all these like, subreddits, they call them, which are just little communities. And when you're doing research for a project, it's it's like, that's where I go. And I get like, what are what are they really thinking? What are they really saying? You know what I mean? What What is really going on? Like, when you're talking about okay. truth, truth is there, because they're like, this is a fake username, and no one's gonna know it's me. So you can actually express yourself truthfully. So it's really, really, oh. really fascinating, um, whether you're a writer or not, I think it's just fascinating to kind of play in different communities or, or just read and not even voice your opinion necessarily. It's just like, just soak it in. Like 
see what other people are saying who have maybe had an experience in life that you haven't yeah. had. And, um, yeah. and, and that to me personally, to me, and I, I'm by no means perfect or anything, but it's helpful to me to understand, you know, if somebody has a perspective that I don't agree with, well, how about kind of just hearing the story or kind of listen, like just listening, like, where is this coming from? Um, right. Just listening openly. And, and I find that that's really helpful. That's fantastic. And I, I know that I just realized how fast time is going. I mean, we're having a good time. We go back and forth, probably do for hours, but I want to add to that real quick because I think it's significant for obviously the purpose of why we're chatting is, is the, the way in which we can continue to caffeinate more of our own lives ourselves and stimulate more of our own understanding of who we really are. You're absolutely correct with that, where I watch and look at things, read things from all different perspectives and, and and mindsets and viewpoints because it's not necessarily we get caught up in this too we 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 think if i'm watching um fox news okay i'm going to be very controversial with that somehow you're oh you're one of those conservative uh, ultra right wing you know whatever crazy label okay and then if you watch cnbc or something you know you're an ultra left wing nobody goes into it going you know what i don't like have to like the person in this segment and there are some pe- there are a lot of people in the news I don't like at all, but sometimes they say certain things. I'm like, I want to take information from that because that's stimulating my own thought and philosophy about how I even approach life. And that's kind of a good point. Let me expand on that point. Let me discard what I don't really need from that. Same thing when I'm watching uh, maybe a YouTube video on a, a spiritual thing, mm-hmm. and I taught people that neurosurgeon had has a near death experience. And comes back to life to tell about that experience where, you know, God, the afterlife, et cetera. And I go, okay, I don't like the way he's telling the story, mm-hmm. but it's intriguing because I can pull from it. Sure. That stimulates me to have a, a different way in which I can have a conversation about what I already understand to be esoteric from a human perspective. So make a good point. You want to go play? Go play in those worlds. It's sad that we have to have anonymous things to help us be real with ourselves and be authentic and be able to express truth. That's how much people are afraid of it in society. And that's why we need more people that are really to write stories that really shake things up. We need more people that do the work that we're talking about, things that I do for my clients, et cetera, to really shake things up and challenge the status quo and really push people beyond their own limits so they can can be stimulated to create a life that's not dull and boring. Mm-hmm. It's a big deal. So any other Last thoughts on that, Melissa? I mean, we're getting close to our time. I wish, I wish we could hang here all day, but um, it's been kind of kind of an interesting conversation to get your take on it. So any other thoughts you have, wise words you want to share? I mean, I'll just circle back to my original point. I think just, yeah. I think we we took a couple turns from from that area, but it is about, <laughs> which, is, which is fun. Um, Thank you. Yeah. But it is about, you know, really getting to the core of, like what you enjoy, not making your life feel so, so one dimensional, um, that you're right. constantly like, somebody said this to me a while ago, I, maybe it was my husband. Um, it, he was, I'm going to say it was my husband. <laughs> Let's give him Probably credit for so. that. Yep. Um, I remember when I, I worked in this very stressful job many years ago and he was like, and it would always be like Friday and I'm like, Oh, <laughs> thank God it's Friday. And then on Monday I would be like, Oh, it's Monday. Oh, and he would say like, why are you wishing your yeah. life away? And I remember that always like stuck with me that line. And it's like, right. Like what a huh. sad thing. Like, or I shouldn't label it as sad, but it's like, what a thing that I'm wishing 
my life away? Why am I doing that? And like, how can I change my circumstances so that I'm not doing that? And, um, and I think sometimes we fall, I've, I've done this, you know, it's like we fall in these patterns or this life that's laid out before us that maybe is expected of us, or we just haven't thought outside of it. But it doesn't really speak to like what we crave inside. And so I think some of it is just like tuning into that. And and I know that's complex as well, I will say, as a final point, that the pushback that you get when you chase the things that you're passionate about from other people in your life, and oftentimes from people you love is difficult. Like, I can't stress that enough, how difficult that can be and how easily that can derail you. But it's like something I, even today as a recovering people pleaser, I have to check myself, (laughs) really. I have to check myself constantly. Like if someone in my life is, um, you know, not supporting Mm. my dreams, I have to say to myself, why am I keeping this person in my life? Or or why did why am I not putting up a strong enough boundary with this person? Right? Because why do I want that energy and that feedback coming into my orbit? I don't. And yep. so it's like yep. a constant it's it's never like, oh, I fixed it. And we're moving on. It's like, no, I'm in my 40s. This is still happening. And so it's a it's a constant like gut check of that yep. and making sure that because um, I really do think you pick up on the energy you surround yourself with. And if you have a lot of right. naysayers and people that play devil's advocate and that kind of stuff in your life, it's it is very difficult not to let that derail you. Yeah. And my last thoughts to that, Melissa, thank you. And then, you know, uh, we've got to conclude here, but um, <laughs> it is, it's discernment, but it's also confrontation. And a big part of that to end this point for people that are listening is you got to be willing to have those hard conversations when you are are aware of where you're not being stimulated. So we use that term to finish this out, caffeinate, caffeinate your life from a professional, successful screenwriter or publicity strategist by first and foremost, being aware of yourself, living in that one dimensional space and be willing to have those hard conversations and confronting people. Because if you can discern the difference between those that are holding you back or not letting you thrive versus those that are actually challenging you to become more of that version of yourself that you want to be, that in itself is going to give you permission to feel more confident to just come at it, set those boundaries, confront those people that aren't conducive to your growth and pull in closer those that are in fact trying to push you to become better. So you can know the difference between what is actually a threat versus what is really a benefit to you. And it's, it's, it's just an unbelievable component that people are missing is that, that ability to confront those realities that are hindering them rather than doing what we do best as a species is avoid what is uncomfortable or scary. And if you really want to stimulate at least some movement, sit down and get real with that first. So it's a big deal. Thank you for sharing that, Melissa. It's fantastic. I swear. Um, we, you know, we've reached the end of this. I wish we can go. I'm sure I, hopefully we may, maybe we'll do it again down the road. Um, but I appreciate you being here. And if you've still hung out with us, I told you earlier today, uh, in the conversation that I'm doing a whiskey giveaway, premium bottle of whiskey every month, heavy bottom rocks, glass set coming along with it. Uh, I might bring somebody that jumps into this giveaway onto the show as well as a guest. So, uh, be aware of that. Uh, the up viral link will be provided in the show notes along with melissacasera.com and all of her links to everything that she's doing. 
Uh, you can find those in the show notes as well. Check her out. I mean, creative storytelling, unbelievable ability to market and, and build these binge-worthy uh, components of your life. If you're that type of business owner or, or driven person, she's got, uh, she's got the goods. Let me just tell you that from firsthand experience. Uh, it's been enthusiastic having her here today. I appreciate you, Melissa. Thank, thank you so much you. for being here. Thank you for having me. Uh, everybody else, thank you for being here as well. Please make sure if you're listening on uh, audio to subscribe to the podcast. If you're here on YouTube watching us right now, uh, hit that subscribe button, like, uh, leave a comment. If you have something you'd like to ask myself or Melissa, I want to hear from you. My email's uh, in the show notes as well below. Um, and I look forward to our next conversation. Until then, cheers. For those listening today, thanks for hanging out with us. If you're digging what you're hearing, don't forget to give that subscribe button a tap and make sure you rate and review the show. Catch you all on the next conversation. Cheers.